Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. See, love is a noun. It's filled with emotion. We were at a great wedding today, and you could see the emotion and and the noun and the love. It was just a a wonderful thing, deep affection. But we've learned as we went through 1 John, love is way more than a noun. If you haven't been here, I want you to write this down. Love is also a verb. It's putting love, the emotion, into what? Action. Everyone prefers love to hate or indifference. Jesus came to model to us what love is and what love requires from us. Love is a verb. It requires us to act, not just talk about how we love. Pastor Mark is sharing from the book of Luke about Jesus' everyday life and teaching on what Jesus did and how we're to learn from his example. Getting people to Jesus requires compassion, boldness, and determination. The text will contain an example of love in action as four guys help out their crippled friend. We'll also see Jesus begin to butt heads with the religious leaders as he begins to assert himself as God. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now here's Pastor Mark in the book of Luke as he continues his message, Dr. Jesus is the Solution. verse 15. Yet the news about him spread all the more. Now, it may not have been the man. If you were there, there was maybe a hundred people there. Let's say, and they watched this man come. You know, as he's coming into them, what are they doing? They're like, backing up, baby. They're out of the way. And as all, as he's totally clean, you think they went home and say, how was your day? No, nothing much happened. No, they just went, here it went. In our day, the texting thing would have been crazy. Right there, Facebook, it about that afternoon. Here it is. So that's what happened. Look at the verse again. Yet the news about him spread all the more so that the crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of their sicknesses. Now look at verse 16. Key verse, and you'll see why in a moment. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and he prayed. I want you to look at me and understand what you just see happening here. Popularity often drove Jesus to prayer. Now, why? Remember, he was a man. He had never sinned. But he knew the danger of what? Pride. You see, here's what you understand with prayer. You say, well, I'm not that like, nobody knows who I am or whatever. Yeah, but the reason we don't pray as often as we should and the way we should, why? Because I think I can handle it myself. What is that? Pride. So write this down tonight. Prayer is dependence on God, and it defeats our pride. It humbles us. God, I don't know what to do. 
but my eyes are on you. So we see that Luke is always talking about Jesus in prayer. And you're going to see it wasn't just to get away from the crowd and hear God speak to him. But you're going to see in a moment the result of the prayer. Now, we move to another situation. This could have been in Peter's hometown again, Capernaum. We don't really know. But verse 17. One day Jesus was teaching. Let me just stop there for a moment very quickly. Notice what Jesus was always doing. What was he doing? Always teaching. What am I doing? Always teaching teaching. Well, where do we get that role model? Hello from Jesus. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's why we teach the word of God. All of our pastors understand that principle. We get it from Jesus. Now, one day when Jesus was preaching, teaching, and the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you know, that's the religious people. Now watch what they were doing. They were sitting there. And they had come from every village of Galilee. They were already in Galilee. That's where Jesus is. From Judea and Jerusalem. And so they've come way from up north all the way down. They walk, you know, 70 miles from that area, maybe even a little more. And notice this next word. And say it with me. The power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. So Jesus was the talk of the town. People came from everywhere to hear him teach, even this religious group from the synagogue, the temple up in Jerusalem. Now, why was the power of the Lord with Jesus to heal? Why does Luke mention this? You, I already gave you the answer. Look back at verse 16. What did Jesus do when he got alone? What did he do? He prayed. Do you get it? You see, Jesus got alone with God in prayer, prayed, and where did the power come from? The prayer. He was filled with the Spirit of God. Notice I read something to you, and I want you to see that. The book of Mark tells us that the house was jammed. People could not get in the house where Jesus was teaching. It was jammed. But where, look at the verse again. Look right here, and so you'll, you'll see it. Notice what you see there. It says, the teachers and the Pharisees of the law were sitting there. Now, where are they? Everything's happening, and what are they doing? They're sitting on the sidelines. Now, are they there for the right reason? No, they're not. They're skeptics. They're bored. They want to hear about this. They want to see it. Everybody else is active. They're going to be all in. You're going to see a huge contrast between the dead religious people and four guys that got it together. I'll have an application for that, maybe for us as we move through. Now, look at verse 18. Some men, we know it was four, came carrying a paralyzed man on a mat And tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. See, here's four friends. They're bringing their friend who is desperate, helpless, can't get to Jesus. So they're going to go. Are they sitting on the sideline or are they involved? No, they're involved. They're not sitting on the sideline. They're involved. And when they could not find a way, verse 19, to do this because of the crowd. They went up 
on the roof, up on the roof. They were singing that song when they went up there. And they lowered him on the mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd, right in front of Jesus. See, this man was desperate, but he had four friends. Can I say it that way? Four friends that decided to be change agents and bring him to someone they knew that could change him. They were going to get this man to Jesus. Now, after carrying him through the dusty streets, would have been hard enough by themselves. You know, they don't have a go-kart. They don't have any. They're just hand-carrying this man. They discover there's no way to get him in the front door. Now, as they saw the crowd, they they could have come, and and they could have said basically like this as they walked through there. Well, it was a good idea, John, but we ain't getting in there. Those people aren't moving for us. There's no way we're getting in there. Well, let's just go home. Maybe another day. We'll try. So you see, sometimes, and you're going to see in a moment, Satan puts all kinds of, well, diversions, distractions, discouragements in front of us. And if we're not careful, we just give up and go home. Now watch what these guys do. They go up on the roof, and they change the roof structure. Pretty cool, huh? Well, not if you're the homeowner. He's probably praying, well, say, what's happening to my roof up here? So they change the whole roof to get to the man. And the man is going to be let down in front of Jesus. Watch what happens. Can you just picture that tonight? We're sitting here. I'm Jesus. I know it's a stretch. It's a really stretch. But I'm teaching. And pretty soon you hear this, wah, 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 wah. Turn your cell phones off. Didn't I tell you turn your cell phones? Oh, it ain't the cell phones. It's the roof. Here comes the man right in front of Jesus. Now, you can imagine what's happening while all of that's going on, can't you? All the structure, all the kind of things, all the excitement. What is Jesus? How in the world is he going to handle that? What, what's happened? Why did those guys do that? Well, First John tells us why. Let me just read a verse to you. You'll understand it. First John 4 Verse 7 and 8 says this, Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God, and anyone who loves is a child of God, and he knows God. See, love is a noun. It's filled with emotion. We were at a great wedding today, and you could see the emotion and and the noun and the love. It was just a, a wonderful thing, deep affection. But we've learned, as we went through 1 John, love is way more than a noun. If you haven't been here, I want you to write this down. Love is also a verb. It's putting love, the emotion, into what? Action. These guys said to their neighbor, we love you. Man, we want to see you get to Jesus. But I'm sorry, the crowd is here. (laughs) It's the way it is. Another day, maybe. No, no, no. They did what they had to do to get this friend to Jesus. See, love is a verb. It's nice to talk about it. But when you have real love, you follow through with something. There's some action. It's how we behave. You see, a real Christ follower cares. They get involved. In this case, the guys got dirty to get there. More than just nice words. So what are these guys challenging you and me with? Write this down. This is huge for us. Getting people to Jesus requires compassion, 
That's why they went to the man first. It requires boldness. They're going to find a way. Forget the obstacles. They're going to find a way to get this guy to Jesus. And it requires what? Determination. Some of you have been praying for lost loved ones for a long time. Don't give up. Keep praying. People at work, school, neighborhoods. As I was walking this morning early, I was praying for some of the neighbors. We've been praying for a long time. Don't give up. Love is an action. Watch God open doors. Pray for open doors. That's what these men did. So they just said, give me a hug. We love you. I'm so sorry. No, they went up on the roof. They took the roof apart to get the man to Jesus. Can I thank you so much because you're a caring crowd? You're in the lives of the people. You're all over the place. You're not sitting here. Like, and while all this is happening, what's dead religion doing? They're not in the game at all. Thank you for being in the game. You remember a few weeks ago, we put a list of all the needs we have opportunities to serve. Do you remember that? Many of you signed up at our campuses. Thank you so much. But there's plenty of you. Don't cross your knee because you're going to look like me. So it's okay. Some of you haven't got it yet. Serving's where it's at. So can I ask you just to pray about it? By the way, we need help in lots of different areas. Opportunity. Parking is one. It's a great. These guys work themselves and gals like crazy out there. That's how you get here so easily. And we have needs. So don't sit on the sidelines. So many of you have already signed up. Thank you for doing it. You say, well, I don't really have much of things to do. Oh, you can park cars. There's a lot of things you can do. So these guys are showing us what it was like. Now, look at verse 20. When Jesus, this is huge now. Watch this. When Jesus saw whose faith? Who's their faith? It's not the man on the stretcher. It's not the people in the crowd. Whose faith is it? It's the four boys that put love in action. Do you got it? He saw their faith. Faith that hangs in there. Faith that goes for it. Step out of faith. Jesus saw it. When you see that, it challenges me. And notice what he says. By the way, when he saw that faith, why does Luke write their faith? If you've been paralyzed your whole life, how much faith do you have? Pretty hard, isn't it? You see, when we get down, when we've just lost a job, and when a spouse has just walked out, when sickness comes, the lab result comes back, We'd like to be people of faith. Sometimes we don't have the faith. Let's be honest. And you know who we need then? We need people that can have faith for us. That's why the elders on Tuesday nights. Because many of those people coming, they they just, they're they're drained of faith. They, They can't believe that God will heal or he'll meet this need. But see, we, these four men had faith for the man who couldn't have faith. That's huge. See, they weren't in the predicament. They were on the outside. They could see that Jesus could do something. For you and I, that's what we have to look for. Even with people in salvation, sometimes there's no way. There's absolutely no way this is going to happen to me. I've sinned too much. My life is crazy. I had four marriages, and look at the kids, and been on drugs, the whole deal. No, 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 no. God can change your life. God can change your life. So watch what happens. 
When Jesus saw their faith, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven. How many sins would that be? All of them. One of the things we're going to do tonight is we're going to start listing each of us individually. We have big pieces of paper for you. (laughs) To write down your sins just this week. You say, Pastor Mike, I, I don't sin. We're also going to have an altar call shortly, right after that, for liars. What kinds of sins are there? There's two kinds of sins. You remember the two kinds of sins? Sin of commission, swearing, yelling at the guy, getting angry. We just threw a a marriage seminar. We we know what sin is from a marriage seminar. Amen. Uh, What's the other kind of sin? Omission. That we what? We don't do what we should do. By the way, in case you think we're going to write a list, no, that was just joking. But what is this man thinking when Jesus said, all your sins are forgiven? That's like impossible, isn't it? No, it isn't impossible. Watch what happens. Watch what happens. Next thing I want you to, I just want you to put this down because we already talked about it, but active faith pleases God. When Jesus saw that, he was so excited that these men had come. Now, Jesus could have done something. You just saw what he did. But Jesus could have done what? As Jesus saw this man, he could have just said to this man what? Be healed. And these four guys would have went, fantastic. And the man would have went, wow. But he doesn't do that. Look at his priority. He shocks him because he's going to teach a lesson about healing physically and spiritually. He shocked the crowd by doing what? Forgiving the man's sins first. I can hear one of those four guys talking to each other. And you tell Jesus why we brought him here? To to heal him. What's the sin deal here? It didn't make any sense to them. But Jesus had absolutely a plan. He knew what was going to happen. Now, what was Jesus going to show us? That man's greatest need is what? forgiveness. Your greatest need is forgiveness. Mine as well. So Jesus went right to the heart of the problem. He knows by nature we're all born sinners. And number two, we sin by practice. So that sin separates us from a holy God. Notice again, friend, your sins are forgiven. The greatest miracle anyone can receive is hearing those five words. Let's say them together. Your sins are forgiven. Friend to start with. What was Jesus? A friend of sinners. That helps us. Five words and this man is instantly forgiven. That word forgiven there means this. This is, lots of people don't understand this. Some Christians don't get this. Forgiven means my sins are removed and forgotten. Now, where do we get that from? Old Testament, Psalm 103, 12. He has removed our sins as far as the east is from the west. He he just removed them. They're gone. They're over with. They've been removed. Who the one that brings them back into our life? We bring them back into our life. They're already gone. They're already covered. Next, 
Jeremiah 31. And I will forgive their wickedness and I'll never remember, never again remember their sins. So our sins are removed and forgotten by God. What a joy. Now, look at verse 21. Here we have those guys on the sideline. Remember our religious people, the Pharisees, the teachers of the law. And they began thinking to themselves, who is this fellow that speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Now, they were right there. We know from Scripture, no man can forgive sins. Only God can forgive sins. So they were saying, this is blasphemy. This man just told this paralytic that his sins are forgiven. Stoning for Jesus. This is blasphemy. But what was Jesus really saying? Here's what he was saying, and you'll hear him say this, and they'll get it in a moment. Notice what he's saying. Only God can forgive sin, truth. But what is Jesus saying? I am God. I'm the Messiah. Remember when he said, I'm fulfilled, Isaiah 61? I'm the Messiah. I'm God. Now, verse 22 is something pretty cool. Jesus knew what they were thinking. That that could frighten us, couldn't it? Jesus knew what they were thinking. Now, remember, Jesus set aside most of his supernatural things except for the power of the Holy Spirit working through him. So God just allowed this to happen. So as he watched those guys sitting on the sidelines, it says he knew what they were thinking, and he asked, why are you thinking these things? And notice where our thoughts come from. In your hearts. Can I remind you of this? Another reason to serve and get moving. People that sit around on the sidelines and they don't get involved. You know what happens to most people like that? They become critical and negative and fault-finding and they have no faith. These religious guys with their uniforms, Jesus already knows what they're thinking. This guy's a heretic. We're going to stone him. You see, they're on the sidelines. They should have searched the scriptures that they knew. This is the Messiah. He's doing what the Messiah was going to do. So can I challenge you as you look at that tonight? If you're sitting on the sidelines, and we find this so often. In our society, we have this crazy thing, and this is a side issue. I'm just going to mention and go on. We, we have this crazy thing that if I can get to 52 and have millions of dollars, I can retire at 52. What have we proven in the United States with that? People die. Because they have no purpose. They have nothing to do except their own selfish thing. You can only like do that for a while and pretty soon you're bored out of your gourd. And so we were made to be what? Active, busy, touching lives, ministering to other people. Could I hear an amen from the quiet people out here tonight? This retirement thing is foolishness. Get involved. We heard in today's teaching from Pastor Mark about the importance of acting out your love for others. It pleases God when we move from passivity to active love. We also learn what it means to be forgiven. It means that our sins are removed and forgotten. We also saw Jesus get into a bit of trouble with the religious leaders as he asserted the power to forgive sin. Thanks so much for joining us today. Pastor Mark will continue to go through this series in the next edition of Lessons for Living. 
To add today's message to your study library, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. The cost for each CD is $5, and that includes shipping. Again, to place an order for a CD, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. Next time on Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will continue talking about the importance of faith and how it's important for us to surround ourselves with people that are full of faith. Pastor Mark will teach us about the five most important words we can hear. In addition, he will be sharing about what communion is and the importance and meaning of taking communion. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in. And may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. in a hurting world a new hope he is giving